0: And welcome to the Arrow Video Podcast with Sam and Dan on this most beautiful day. I'm Dan Martin, uh, special effects artist and podcaster, and tomorrow for a little bit, camera operator again,
1: and uh, and I'm joined as ever by my lovely co-host, Sam Ashurst. I'm a writer, I'm a director, and I'm a proud podcaster. And Dan, you just hit us with quite a lot of information that, that could allow people to isolate what day we're recording <laughs> this on it's a beautiful day <laughs> the fact
0: that it was sunny
1: <laughs> the fact it's sunny the fact that you're going to be a camera operator tomorrow what's that what's going on there
0: um our friend will who people may remember from his brief appearance on the Candyman episode
1: one of our best episodes
0: architecture of horror yeah he's i'm actually doing a my, jennifer and i are doing a uh, a sort of a zoom conference with him tomorrow which will be after this is gone out i just, you know the, this will go out after that so i can't advertise it in advance but um but i will be tweeting about it um about architecture in horror and the idea of space like different spaces in horror um but he's doing uh, he's been commissioned to do an art piece in this sort of peculiar lockdown time uh, and he wants to shoot it on film so we're dusting off the old h16 and i'm going to be operating that for him out, out and about tomorrow morning
1: fantastic oh that's fantastic
0: yeah. shooting on film in an, in a deserted london fingers crossed
1: <laughs> well yes again another another piece of information that may or may not help you identify when we're recording this um <laughs> but yeah and uh before we get started on the third murder which i'm very excited to talk about just a quick thing up front to say dan and i love each other very much we the last episode long good friday we have these kinds of debates all the time um, oh, yeah. frequently um, and I guess maybe it, it, it got a bit more het up than we've done on the podcast before <laughs> but certainly <laughs> at least for a while. nothing compared to some of the debates we've had in real life <laughs> um, and we still love each other so it, it's you know just in case there's anyone out there listening to this worried that, that Dan and I uh, have had a falling out we have not had a falling out it's just how we are um, isn't that right Dan
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, the only reason Sam had to move to Scotland was because it's slightly outside of how far we can throw things at each other when <laughs> we're talking
1: about genre cinema. <laughs> exactly, and I am left wing, um, uh, but you know, I, I, I also believe that um, people should be able to watch and 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 read and listen to whatever they want to without judgment, as long as they're not hurting anyone. So, uh, just to underline that before we go into the third murder um, because there's a lot less to argue about here I think um, yeah yeah I think so this is uh, a, a bit of a masterpiece so Dan oh, beautiful this was your choice it's our first Arrow Academy title um, yeah uh, which is obviously quite a big deal and it's a lesser seen Arrow Academy title um, yes I would say it's, is that why you chose it to sort of shine the spotlight on it
0: Partly because it's less seen, um, and it's always nice to sort of uh, fly the flag for these movies, but partly just because it's so fucking good.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just,
0: like, yeah, I really, really love it. It's, uh, so it actually came out in Japan back in 2017. Ara released it, was it last year or late 2018?
1: Uh, I think it was last um, year.
0: Last year, yeah. Um, I was super, super excited uh, when I heard that they were getting it. It's Hirokazu Kureeda, uh directing um, it's very sort of staid and pretty, but it's also not showy at all. There's a couple of shots in it here and there that are like quite impressive, particularly some of the stuff with fire and the lighting in those scenes. But by and large, it's quite a, quite a sort of simple movie. Mm. And yet, it's, it's, it's very moving, um, it's very powerful, and the acting is just absolutely world-class.
1: So it, as it turns out, we are going to have a massive row and disagree because I oh, no. think that there's a shot at the end which I'm obviously not going to go into in specific. Oh God, and yes, we are. Not I know the s- one you mean. Yeah, we're not going to spoil anything. But that is one of the most complex and poetic shots I've ever seen. I was oh. like, that must have been so hard to get, and the timing it's of everything. So just the movements so are yeah, beautiful, done. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, but it's,
0: I, th- I think yeah. what I'm saying um, is that it's all it's all very well executed ideas yeah there's no like you know there's no chases or explosions or you know it's 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 quite reserved in that respect yeah it's it's just a really perfect example of the craft
1: yeah reserved and intelligent and um yeah, yeah just a, a, every single uh, aspect has been thought through carefully um but as dan says not necessarily in a showy way Um, should should I do a sort of potted very very brief before you get to that let's just you know really make it clear that um, please do not worry that we're going to spoil this for you we know that you haven't seen it um there may be a handful of you listening to this who have seen it and in that case welcome and you know how good it is um but i think the majority of the people who listen to this podcast probably haven't seen this one um yeah because um we're we're already surprising them by handing them an arrow academy title and not an arrow video title so we have to check very carefully so do not worry please listen on and enjoy and dan is going to give you a spoiler free synopsis now um, yeah right.
0: So um, uh, um, uh, an older man, uh, played by uh, Koji uh, Yakusho, who is an astonishing actor. Who, if you watch a lot of Japanese films, you'll recognise, um, is released from prison and then very very quickly is arrested again for a murder. Now he's just spent thirty five thirty years in prison for murder.
1: Thirty, yeah, but yeah,
0: thirty years in prison for murder. Uh, and and very very quickly he's arrested for having uh, knocked the uh, he, the the boss of the factory has just been fired from over the back of the head with a rock, stealing his wallet, setting his body on fire. Uh, he pleads guilty, and in the Japanese legal system, you're like the the case is basically done by the police. Like wh- if once you're arrested, you're basically guilty, and then it's the argument is just about how you're sentenced. Yeah, but the young lawyer who's assigned to his case. Uh, notices inconsistencies in his testimony when he talks to different people. Starts to feel like maybe there's something more going on than is uh, than is the meets the eye, uh, and and starts to contest whether or not the confession is actually truthful. Um, and to add a little bit of extra impetus to that, the guy, the judge who convicted this guy of the of the first murder thirty years ago, is actually the father of this young lawyer, and so there's a sort of familial association with this chap. Most of the, like a good portion of the movie takes place in the prison interview rooms. There's very little court case, actual like courtroom drama per se, Um, but it is a procedural and it's just astonishing. It's got, yeah, it's got so much to say about like family responsibility to the decision of like the decisions of other people in your family and how you're grouped with them. Um, it's got a lot to say about, like, guilt and whether it's possible to do good things for bad reasons and bad things for good reasons and so on. Um, it's a really beautiful, like, study into humanity, and it's just fucking great.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and these are themes that creators kind of returned to time and time, and again, in his career, if you're familiar with his work as a director, Precious Arrowhead, you'll know this already, but these elements are present in a lot of his films, but this is a very different film for him. It's, um, you know, I, when I think of stuff like, I guess, Afterlife or Still Walking, Our Little Sister, Shoplifters, there is dark elements, you know, incremental dark elements in, in all of those things. But but this is probably his most sort of, it's like a thriller Um as opposed to like a family drama, which is what I would associate with him m- naturally. Um, yeah, but it's a it's a family thriller. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, like you said in, in your in your description, um, he he does uh, maintain those elements, but I'm just saying that this is a very different angle. This is a different. You know, he's he's tilting his head around a corner to look at the same things that he normally looks at um and i think it's very successful and I, I think probably you know i would say i prefer shoplifters to to the third murder i think the uh, shoplifters is just a, a, an incredible beautiful movie and it deals with a lot of the same issues that parasite dealt with um but i personally think in a slightly more interesting way so if you've seen parasite but you haven't seen shoplifters then i massively recommend shoplifters but um
0: that was on your list for last year wasn't it
1: yeah, it was. I just love it so much. Um, and so, yeah, this, this was a, a very interesting watch for me. It was a first-time watch for me. Uh, even though I like the direction, I've seen a lot of his stuff, I I hadn't been um, particularly drawn to this one for whatever reason. But um, it is beautifully done. And, yeah, the, the ending alone, which we will not get into or even hint at... Um, for me i just loved the ending to this film so much just everything about it the way it was shot the dialogue the final shot of the film it's just yeah really really beautiful
0: yeah absolutely the um the 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 monologue it's sort of two-part monologue about the uh his pet birds was yes oh just so good impactful goosebumps yeah, yeah
1: goosebumps parakeet bumps and uh very good and um (laughs) yeah that actually leads nicely into the performances because obviously the the parakeet bit is so wonderfully performed and ah just so everything about it is so great but um yeah what did you think of the performances in this one
0: yeah i mean i thought Uh, that absolutely everyone was was amazing in it I mean those we we obviously talked about pulse um and on the pulse episode we talked about curse as well uh yeah. cure rather sorry yeah cure um which uh Yash- uh yakushiro yakusho is in as well um he's also in the mike remake of Harakiri, which is like you know pretty much the only person I reckon who could have pulled that off um he's yeah. really heavyweight and this is his this is his first time working with Koreeda. But he's absolutely mesmerizing in it, considering he spends ninety nine percent of the film in one room,
1: <laughs> yeah uh
0: and so just, just sat down <laughs> as well for most of it, yeah, I thought they were all really really good, uh even the the background characters, I'm afraid I don't know the actress's name, but the the young woman who works in the in the office with the legal team, yeah, um, she's great, she's great, yeah, like like all of the characters are are fully fleshed out, even if they've only got a few lines uh and there's yeah there's so much great like the the people the girls just sat at the bar in uh in the snowy village that the detectives go yeah. to like yeah everyone it's it's also well written it's also well performed
1: yeah it feels kind of yeah novelistic in a way like yeah you feel like you could have a whole film about any of these supporting characters they're just very very yeah. rich um yeah, uh, I don't really want to say too much. Yeah, more, it's, very, it's it's hard, yeah, isn't it? To... <laughs> really hard, really hard because you get past a certain point and because uh, yeah, it really escalates in a kind of perfect way. So um, yeah. let's yeah, it's not... let's talk a little bit about the extras, shall we?
0: Yeah, there's a fantastic uh, a fantastic sort of uh, lec- like mini lecture, I guess, uh, about it and its place in Japanese cinema on the disc. Um, which is really great and it mentions, uh, both, I think both of the films I'm going to recommend off the back of it were also mentioned in the documentary, one of which I had already decided I wanted to recommend and one of which I watched off the back of the documentary and is, oh, yeah yeah, really good, really, really I mean, it's you know, it's not got the most number of extras on it, but what they've no. got are fantastic and nice yeah. making of as well
1: yeah, a uh, uh, really sort of lengthy, chunky what is it, half an hour? Um, yeah yeah like sometimes when these things say that they're featurettes you kind of think oh okay so that's going to be four minutes long um but no it's a a really solid half an hour of um of behind the scenes stuff so uh yeah um should we move on to recommendations even though i feel like this is our first arrow academy um title and we're not covering it in any great depth but i do but feel like because we we've chosen to. something that no
0: one's seen <laughs> yeah well and, done uh, Dan. no <laughs> it's not it's not it's not exactly the most twisty turny like movie but there are like developments and changes in the story that you it's just a there's lots of twists and turns it's just more of a gentle river than, than a, exactly than a this track. is
1: it yeah exactly like i i think i started to say there's those twists and turns but then i changed it to escalation because i think that's yeah. the best way to describe it it does escalate um and and then sort of yeah well it it,
0: it plays <laughs> with the idea the, the, the cinematic conceit of an unreliable narrator in a really fun way yeah um to the point that sometimes we see things that are they flashbacks are they and, and whose point of view are they from? Are they like the way one of the characters who wasn't involved in the crime is imagining it happening?
1: Exactly. It, are they dreams? Are it, they imaginations? The people, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's it, this really lovely um, cinematic language in it. Um, the the way in which reality is presented as obviously entirely subjective. You know, everyone has their own sort of understanding of these things everyone has their own reasons and logic and motives and morals and yeah oh my god it's just
1: so good (laughs) it's it's got one of the best sort of visualizations of a thought baton being passed if that makes sense Um, yes so so yeah just that's it (laughs) let's we'll, we'll not say any more um i think we've said enough uh so that you, you know how we feel about it and and that we do obviously very much recommend that you pick this one up. Um Dan what would you like to recommend off the back of the third murder? I'm looking forward uh, to this.
0: Yeah so like as I said um, they're both they're both mentioned in the uh, in the the extra about the where this stands in Japanese cinema and it, and it is they're both mentioned because there is comparatively so little courtroom drama from Japan. Mm. Um it's just not a very common uh, common genre over there. Um, first one I saw, which is by uh, Masayuki Suo, who we talked about a couple of uh, episodes ago for Sumo, Do Sumo, Don't, and yeah. Shall We Dance? Um, the first film of his I ever saw was at um, was at Cannes uh, back in two thousand six, two thousand five, and uh, I I would go to the uh, the foreign language booths where you know in the market where they were selling movies. Uh, and I just go and see stuff, uh, and you know, the the less likely it was to come out in the UK, the better, because this was my opportunity to see things that I might never get another chance to see. Um, and this is one of those. It's very, it's quite hard to get hold of. I got a, ended up getting an American box set, I think, that had a bunch of um, Suo's films in it. Um, but it's called uh, "Even So I Didn't Do It" or mm-hmm. "I Just Didn't Do It," depending mm-hmm. on the translation it's mm-hmm. sort of almost i think it's about three hours just shy of three hours long japanese comedy courtroom drama and it's about a young man who is accused of uh groping a woman on a
1: commuter train you've told me about this before i remember yeah. yes yeah, yeah. You, you were man, very passionate it's, about this it's one so yeah.
0: good it's so good and if there's yeah if anyone's able to sort of track down a copy i cannot recommend it highly enough
1: it's um, one of your favorite it, a, ever market memories isn't it oh
0: it really is it
1: really is mostly because
0: they were quite resistant to me watching it not because i you know didn't have the clout to release it or wasn't important enough but because they were just the the the, the kind lady at the at the booth was just very apologetic as to how long the film was and <laughs> just kept on when i said i'd like to go and see uh even so i didn't do it she was like it's it's really long <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really very, very very i'm like yep i know i'd like to see it it's really very long um Yeah, it's uh, basically, yeah, it turns out that culturally in Japan, it's, um, this is one of those things where it's almost like a license for dirty old men to to grab women, because they just pay this fine, and then they get off scot free. And everyone says to this young man who's missing a job interview at the police station while he's being, you know, uh, accused of this thing that he maintains innocence for. Um, and he says no, but I didn't do it. And they're like, just pay the fine and move on. He's like, but I didn't do it. And they're like, yeah, but just pay the fine, and it's easier for everyone. He's like, no, because if I pay the fine, I'm tacitly admitting that I did it, and I didn't do it, so I'm not going to pay the fine. And it's based on a true story of the first time that one of these cases ever went to court. Oh wow! And it's astonishing. And yeah, the J- Japanese courts work very, very differently to Western courts. Um, they're quite quite pleased about that difference. And um, and it's. A very weird film. It's great. Absolutely brilliant. And genuinely funny as well.
1: Yeah. Three and a half hours fly by. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, Yeah, great one. Uh, Right, my first recommendation off the back of The Third Murder is another Coriada film, uh, Afterlife. Um, Now, one of the elements that we didn't really get into um, in The Third Murder chat is one of the biggest themes, actually, which we can discuss without it being too spoilery, um, which is faith. And kind of... There's a a religious thread to this film. It's very subtle, but it's there. Um, And Afterlife is kind of more detailed exploration of that theme, I'd, I'd say. So it's about people in limbo choosing their happiest memory so they can spend eternity living in it, which is a great concept, um you know heaven basically um and yeah it's very powerful very moving and there's also quite an intriguing mystery at the heart of it um as to why certain people are are, are there um i won't say any more than that because again you know i don't want to spoil it but afterlife is is yeah very very pretty film um you've seen it dan
0: no, I don't think I have. Oh, it okay. Been on my, it's been on my list for ages, but I've I'd sort of forgotten about it, so it needs to get bumped up. There you go. Yeah, it's it's a lovely Thank film. You. Yeah,
1: really um, good. Next from you. Uh, next from
0: me is a 1968 Nagisa Oshima uh, picture, which is on a Criterion DVD in the states. I don't think it's had a Blu-ray. I think it is on the Criterion Network, the channel. If you've got that, uh, it's called Death by Hanging. Uh, it's another comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow! It's yeah, it's a very very weird film, but it's unbelievably good. Imagine if Billy Wilder made a, like a black as pitch like capital punishment comedy.
1: Oh wow! Oh my and it's god! That. that sounds incredible.
0: Basically, a young a young Korean immigrant is arrested for double rape murder in Japan and is sentenced to hanging. And the movie starts like a documentary explaining the process, where it happens, what the prison is like, and so on. They hang him, but he survives. But in surviving, he loses his memory. And the rest of the film concerns an ethical debate about whether or not they can hang him again if A, he doesn't remember the, the offences that he was found guilty of, and, and I believe pled guilty to, or B, whether he's even the same person if he can't remember who he is. Wow. And it Great is
1: premise. astonishing. That is very, very strong, Dan. See, I knew, I knew this. For some reason, I had a feeling that our first Ara Academy title would bring out the best in you in terms of recommendations. And those are two really, really strong ones. So, um, excellent. My final recommendation off the back of the third murder is another film with murder in the title, Anatomy of a Murder. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the Otto Preminger film we've talked about it on the podcast in the past. Yeah, just I amazing. Think it was one of your recommendations, and it's a film that I really, really love. Um, yeah. And yeah, again, I don't want to go into it too much, but. Um, as in descriptions of plots can sometimes lead to uh, accidental spoilers so i'll just say watch anatomy of a murder after you've watched the third murder and i think that'll it's, be a pretty great evening yeah it's yeah i don't know
0: what you could say about it it's so good
1: yeah <laughs> so good. Just, it's it's just like it's a proper
0: masterpiece
1: yeah really is yeah. and and you know another quick recommendation for shoplifters because that also has um a, a legal element to it and a court element to it yeah um and it also has kind of a, a unreliable narrator element to it as well so uh, i think those two would would make good kind of bedfellows maybe third murder first then shoplifters after um right past couple of weeks dan what have you been watching
0: Uh, So I finally finished the Human Condition box set from Arrow uh, Academy, and God damned, it was amazing. And I was chatting about it online and and talking about how amazing I thought it was. And a few people endorsed a a BFI box set of um, Roberto Rossellini's uh, War Trilogy. Um, And so I watched the first one of those uh, this week, the 1945 film, Rome, Open City. Um, which is set in Italy during the Nazi occupation uh, and is about the lives and struggles of the Italian underground resistance. And it is uh, funny and heartwarming, and then once your heart is nice and warm, it pulls it right out your chest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, really good child actors. Uh, two main leads are a sort of an engaged woman who helps uh, who's uh, pregnant and engaged to the male lead who's sort of helping organize and and cover up the movements of the resistance Uh, and then her chap who is who is quite high up in the resistance and the film starts with him running from a building uh, as his landlady distracts the SS uh, because they have been alerted to his presence and he escapes across the rooftops of Rome and it just goes from there it's oh
1: my god it's so good yeah no that's that's another one of my favorites actually um so th- this was a first time watch yeah first time i'd seen it so yeah you, you've watched the first one and not the other two yet
0: not the other two yeah i'm doing what i did with uh, human condition which is kind of dragging them out a little bit nice because I, I don't want to finish them all at once
1: yeah no fair enough yeah but um man yeah just incredible films um ah oh, great one yeah from the sublime to the, you know, relatively pointless. I'm not sure why I'm, I'm putting this into my recommendations, but um, maybe I'm sure, I don't know. But uh, it's a film that I've talked about a couple of times on the podcast before, so it's not a fresh recommendation for anyone who listens regularly, or many people, because <laughs> um, you're uh, if you're interested in it, you'll have already seen it. But I re-watched Django Unchained um, <laughs> recently, and... I kind of had forgotten how much I love it like I you know it, I have said on this podcast before I think that it's my favourite Tarantino and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of came along and, and swept me away and I do truly love that film but after revisiting Django Unchained I do think it is um, it is going to stay at number one um, forever I just think it's an incredible film and yeah kind of uh, a current film as well um, there was the tweet from um, the President of the United States that said that protesters would face um, vicious dogs and ominous weapons um, if they came to the White House which is not necessarily what I would expect a goodie to say it sounds more like the sort of thing that Calvin Candy would say um, in <laughs> fact I'm pretty sure he does say something very similar in one sequence in that film And, yeah, then that just reminded me of the fact that that same president, before he was president, said that Django Unchained is the most racist film he's ever seen. Um, So I think he was potentially identifying with the wrong people in that film. So (laughs) so, Yeah, yeah. he definitely felt like it cast white people in a bad light, didn't (laughs) like that at all. Yeah, um, you know it's it's hard when you see your soul so criticised in in a movie. Um, but anyway, uh, enough can of I, this left wing nonsense, can, can, Sam. Can Go I do? Down. Can I do
0: a tiny little a tiny little Trump fact that I was reminded of the other day? I, I heard about it ages ago. It's a pre presidency Trump fact. He was told he had to put I blo- uh, had to put Braille uh, like signs on the lift buttons in one of his buildings, mm. or face a fine. And, uh, and I'm paraphrasing slightly here, but he, he wondered why he was required to do that, given that they wouldn't be letting blind people move into the building.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, well, there you go, folks. Um, Jesus Christ. But yeah, Django Unchained, you know, now more than ever uh, to, to watch <laughs> that film. Dan, what's mm. next from you? Uh, next for me is
0: a fantastic uh, movie but it's more modern so during lockdown uh, my friend Mark Blackman again occasional appearer on the uh, on the podcast has um, uh, is sort of on the way ish between my house to my workshop and we've been doing film swaps I'll, I'll sort of drive by and leave stuff on a wall like I'll let him know I'm coming and then I'll put stuff on the wall and he'll put stuff on the wall he'll take my stuff he'll go in I'll get the discs we've been doing our or Distance Swaps. Uh, and nice. this is a one he, one he recommended to me. Uh, and he said, it's a bit mixed, but uh, but I think you'll really like it. Uh, it's got some problems, but I think you'll really like it. And I watched it. I don't think it's got any problems. I think it's absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> um, it's Our Day Will Come by Romain Gavras. Mm-hmm. Um, it's his first feature. He's directed one or two since then. I've not seen those yet. Those of you who are familiar with Gavras's work, he does a lot of music videos. Um did uh, MIA's videos, did a lot of stuff for Justice. Um, Justice actually did the soundtrack for this. Uh, if you've seen his videos, you'll notice that he has a sort of a, a predisposition, uh, a, a sort of a, an obsession, you might say, with people with red hair and uh, and how society interacts with them. Yeah, it's essentially about a young guy who is very, like, awkward. Uh, he's, he's redhead. He's, he's slightly awkward. He doesn't get on with his sister. His single mother is always taking his sister's side. He feels maligned. Uh, he obviously doesn't have very many friends at school uh Vincent Cassell plays what I could only describe to be the world's worst guidance counselor <laughs> <laughs> and it sort of turns into a slightly homo- homoerotic Thelma and Louise with the two of them out on the road uh and the like the direction of it feels like a little bit Quentin Dupieux. Mm-hmm. uh a little bit um like some of the the more acceptable and better bits of um oh like uh, larry clark like it's oh my god it's so good and it's yeah it's quite in your face but it's really really good
1: great yeah that sounds very very much up my street um oh you'd um, love it man yeah. it's,
0: it's on it's on it's on blu-ray in the uk so and it's got loads of his uh, music videos on the disc as well so yeah
1: Ah oh, yes, right. I'm definitely picking that up. Uh, after we finish this, I'm going to order that. Um, brilliant. And my next recommendation is a film. I think it's out. I, I was lucky enough to get a preview disc of this one. Um, it's a, a yeah, it is out. It's a, a, a indicator release, and everyone who listens to this know knows how much I love indicator. Um, and it's called <laughs> Watermelon Man. Now, have you seen Watermelon? Oh Mellon wow! Yes, wow! <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Basically, the the premise is that a uh, a white man who is um, let's say uh, inconsiderate of other races um, wakes up and finds that he has been turned black we never find out how he's been turned black there are some theories but uh, that's not really the point if you're looking for you know a a kind of traditional body swap comedy type thing this is not that what this is is a a fiercely political film um, directed by Melvin Van Peebles who is uh, a really really important figure in the independent yeah. film scene he he basically off the back of this signed a three film deal with Columbia Pictures um, but then went off to make Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song on his own and found that his deal was torn up uh, his three picture deal was torn up by Columbia Pictures um, not because that film was a failure but because it was such an insane success he made it himself for thousands and it made like 15.2 million at the box office in the early 70s yeah, yeah. and kind of spawned the the exploitation genre um so columbia were kind of pissed off about this and so they they tore up his deal it's so um,
0: that's so insane that they wouldn't want to force him to honor the deal i would under normal circumstances i would totally expect that story to go the other way where he'd be like i don't really need them anymore i want to get out of y- this and they were like no you have to
1: do it exactly like it's it's um I guess it's an ideological thing, not just based on the fact that, um, obviously, he was pioneering the independent film scene, which would threaten a studio like Columbia, but also the fact that he was a black guy who who did that. Yeah. Um, you know, the tagline on Watermelon Man is the uppity movie, and there's an f- amazing, amazing audio interview with Dark as and Melvin Van Peebles um, on the disc, on on the indicator disc. And, you know, those two minds meeting and, and talking is just quite a thing to listen to. And he does talk about that kind of, that impression... Uh, within Hollywood and 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 within his own life of being seen in that way, and and it is you know, his legacy should be bigger. More people should know Melvin Van Peebles for what yeah. he contributed to independent cinema, and so I'm just so so happy that this disc exists to to celebrate the man and to uh, bring this film hopefully to a wider audience. It is an uncomfortable watch, and you know some of the jokes uh it's kind of like you know you said earlier uh, about billy wilder i feel like there's a billy wilder vibe yeah. to this as well it's kind of shot like a yeah. sitcom but with a billy wilder style script um and so the the gags come very very thick and fast but some of them may cause offence <laughs> to, to people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's meant to be very confrontational.
0: Um, even to the point that the lead, Godfrey Cambridge, spends the first chunk of the movie in full white up, which was you know obviously has huge references to uh, to that makeup being done the other way. And it's yeah, it's, at every moment it's sort of very cleverly poking. At, uh, at social standards
1: of the era, absolutely, and and it's like it, it feels really again so relevant to what's going on today. There's a scene where you know he gets stopped by the police for being a thief, and he's literally done nothing to suggest that he is a thief, and all the sort of bystanders are shouting that he should be arrested and um, yeah just to pick up the point on the white face um, the reason for that is originally the I think it's the studio wanted it to be um, a white man who would then be in blackface for the rest of the film Astonishing uh, yeah i think they talked about alan alder at one point um and wow. other names yeah exactly um but van Peebles uh rightly said you know surely it makes more sense to have him in in whiteface for a shorter period of time um and and obviously he was um he was tapping into uh yes like, he, he would not want to direct that film basically no um that's fucking uh, crazy that they'd even yeah. suggest it exactly exactly so yeah a, a really really wonderful disc and you know worth it for the film but but that that extra alone the the sort of the audio interview is just so great it's so great so many great stories um yeah, yeah. so yeah watermelon man out on indicator i've probably talked about do it you, for long enough do you know if anyone's releasing sweetback like is that i coming up i I don't. I mean, there is there is a um, there's a Blu-ray in the states. Obviously, there's the okay. Vinegar Syndrome release, which is uh, a four K oh, restoration. Missed,
0: just missed their big sale. <laughs>
1: oh, cur- curses! But yeah, that's a four K restoration. I think that was out in 2018. So I don't okay, know if there's I, any plans. I missed that as well. That's yeah. But if if it exists in the states, let's hope that um, let's hope that someone like Indicator is thinking about. Picking that up, or even, dare I say it, (gasps) Arrow Video. Sweet, sweet Arrow, yeah. It would be nice. That's it for recommendations, isn't it? I think that's it, that's it. That's it, should we go into extra features? Let's go into extra features. Extra features, extra features, extra Extra features. Extra features, extra features, extra features. And now, Dan, we both have things to read out this week, but shall we start with you?
0: Well, yeah, it's it's not that I'm going to read something out. I'm just going to respond to something we received after our long conversation last time. uh, We received quite a a touching uh, message from someone who has uh, emailed us before. I did ask if it was okay to read the message out, but we haven't heard back. So rather than reading the message, and I apologise for everyone else um, that this will be a little oblique. But basically, they they messaged to talk about uh, the some of the difficulties in ratifying the politics of art with your personal politics and tastes against the tastes of creators, living and dead. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you so much for the email. Um, Sam and I are very aware of the fact that we uh, can only approach these... Um, topics from the perspective of straight white men and we welcome being held to task if we get things wrong Uh, obviously we're trying to be better every day yeah that's it really i I, I think i
1: think we need to go into a little bit of detail here dan because you're this this sounds like you're apologizing for us saying something really terrible um which which... I'll, i'll hand i'll hand over to you then i'll hand over to you yeah, basically, I, I, without reading out the message, um, because um, you're right, we don't have explicit permission to read it out, though normally it is okay, but because this is such a kind of personal um, email, I, I think it, it is Dan's right that we should wait for explicit permission. And, you know, I would like to read it out in full at some point if possible. But the general gist is that as uh, a trans woman, the the, the the woman who wrote to us feels that while Lovecraft is obviously, and it ties into our discussion of art and the artist, as Dan said last time. So yeah, Lovecraft obviously is a, is a hateful figure for um, his, his racist beliefs, and, and the email acknowledges that and, and agrees with that, um, but adds that there's another dimension to Lovecraft's work, which is the othering which, uh, while it's mostly directed uh, outside of of Lovecraft and uh, the monsters created from kind of racist stereotypes, she also feels that as an exploration of othering, it's something that she identifies with as as someone who feels or has been made to feel um, other herself. Um, And I just thought that was a really unique perspective and a really important perspective to acknowledge that you know art even if it comes from a a really really kind of dark place um can provide solace for people who are suffering themselves um and it kind of even made me reflect on my feelings towards the long good friday and you know maybe there's someone watching that who has suffered racist abuse in that kind of way and is you know Glad that it's being represented and and shown, um, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I I just thought it was a a, a fantastic uh, email. And I'm going to read out one little bit of it, um, which is this quote. Uh, The most zealous haters of people like me are just so deeply terrified of being like me. And I am also deeply terrified of being like me. And I am me. So I really relate to that. And I just think that's something that everyone can identify with um, and and really beautifully put. I hope that still works out of context of the whole email. But the whole email was fantastic. So, um, yes, uh, I just didn't want people to think that we (laughs) had gotten a massive complaint email when (laughs) in actual fact (laughs) it was a a very supportive and sort of an email that really made me think. So uh, I wanted to kind of share those details. I hope that's okay. Right. Yeah. Now it's my turn. <laughs> this is why I wanted yeah. you to read it out. So this next message is from Tim Coleman, a uh, friend of the podcast and a regular contributor in the form of emails and messages. And Tim says, following your shout-out for requests of Arrow Academy titles to be covered on the pod, I would like to hear episodes on. Are you ready for this, Dan? Yeah, go. The Conformist, Three yeah. Women... Images, yep. Children yep. of Men, yep. The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant, which I would nice. love to do. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Spotlight on a Murder, Cinema yep. Paradiso, Network, yep. yes. Yeah, the oh Long Goodbye, yeah. of course. Yeah. Uh, Sleeping Dogs, Crime and Punishment, Legend of the Holy Drinker, and Secret Beyond the Door. That Ooh, is yeah, an amazing list. list, Tim. Wow, yeah.
0: Hey Sam, did you know they've recently done a, a mini series adaptation of uh, *The Long Goodbye* in Japan oh with uh, Asano Tadanobu playing Marlow?
1: <laughs> no way! Holy shit! Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't.
0: It, I don't. I haven't been able to find it <laughs> with English subtitles anywhere. But I'm gonna fucking hunt.
1: Right. It is, please let me know as soon as you do because I have <laughs> to see that. That sounds like a dream. Are yeah, you sure it wasn't, Are you sure it wasn't a dream?
0: No, I think it was Kim Newman tweeted about it oh, um, a little while ago. It, oh, it looks, yeah, it sounds sounds incredible. I, I, Asano is oh, fuck, just an amazing actor. Uh, I'll watch anything with him in, but uh, even Thor. But he, <laughs> um, but I, I suspect it's going to be one of these ones where I end up buying a uh, a Japanese DVD and then trying to find some fan subs online somewhere. I don't know yeah. if it's going to get a. A UK release with subtitles, but I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Maybe,
1: Arrow, Arrow, are you listening? You have the rights to the uh, long goodbye, and you do release Asian films sometimes, so even though do they do miniseries series. though. Yeah, they did the Fastbinder. Um, oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Miniseries. So, yeah, anyway, shall we tell people how to uh, hunt us out online? Not yet, Sam, because we've got oh. a new segment oh god (laughs) have we yeah
0: (laughs) what's your favorite swear no um, it's uh we've got our own news we've been we've been given some information that we want to share with you
1: um
0: oh yes we have we we have we
1: both definitely have we both have and it's not just dan (laughs) who knows this for some reason um
0: (laughs) sure as you guys know, uh, cinemas are closed at the moment, which is wretched. Um, Arrow have been uh, incredibly forward-thinking with their response. Obviously, they've already got quite a, a strong online presence and the Arrow, Arrow channel was already present. But a lot of the stuff that either would have gone to the cinema is going to go straight to the Arrow channel now, uh, but also they're they're just filling it up with great content, uh, nice and quick. I think it's on Amazon and Apple TV in the uk i don't know if it's on amazon in the states i think it might just be apple tv in the states at the moment but the new one that's coming up is jesus shows you the way to the highway which is insane it is insane (laughs) possibly one of the maddest one of the maddest films i've ever seen yeah um yeah probably not one to watch with your family
1: (laughs) no Um, or under the influence of anything
0: um, I would say it's definitely one to watch under the influence of everything. No, you'll break your mind. Don't listen to that.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> but then also The 4K of the Woman, which we're going to be talking about next time, is landing on the Arrow channel. But then also Blood Tide, um The Amazing Dream Demon and the unfucking believable one of my recommendations from a little while ago before I knew it was uh before I knew it was coming to Arrow, uh, White Fire, the Fred Williamson, Robert Guinea.
1: Right here Guinea? we go, Guinty. Here we go, here we go. Right here is my contribution to this this conversation, Dan. Yes, yeah. shall we? Because precious arrowhead. Uh, when we've done the woman, we come to the end of our latest cycle of episodes. Uh, yeah. I'm very confident we'll be renewed. Don't worry. We are fantastic. Though, you know, maybe send us less complaints. No, jo- that's a joke. We haven't had any. Um, uh, but yeah, no. Uh, shall we do what were they? So it's Blood Tide. Should we do Blood Tide? We Dream should do White Demon? Fire. You're
0: right. We should definitely do White Fire and Dream Demon.
1: Uh, and White Fire. So, yeah. I, those will be in whatever order, maybe the order we just said. So let's say, Blood Tide, Dream Demon, White Fire, will be the yeah. episodes that come after the Woman. So get yourself onto the Arrow Video channel, watch those films, and yeah. uh, we'll we'll be talking about them um, over the next uh, few episodes after the Woman. Yeah. Does that sound Absolutely. like a deal, Dan? And, you, and, you up for that? And, Sorry to like doorstep no, you. No, that's on the... that's
0: great. And actually that works out really well because Arrows in you know lockdown time, blah, blah, blah. Arrow are doing a like a free month for anyone who wants to try it out as well. So you can Perfect. just hammer the the, the films we're going to talk about on the podcast. And then and, if you yeah.
1: fucking love them and want all the extras, get the discs. Exactly. There we go. Perfect. Beautiful. All right. So that's that's actually uh save quite a lot of admin on our side so uh, yeah nice yeah good all right should we go into uh, or is there any other surprises you've got for me dan
0: well there was a footnote at the bottom of the little thing i got saying that uh, arrow are going to be starting doing a load of live stream programs yes. with like, filmmakers and guests yeah. and stuff and i think sam and i are probably going to start turning up on that at some point in the future as well we are um uh, all the news on that's going to be on the facebook and the youtube pages and all that kind of stuff from arrow so yeah, yeah check those out Cool.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, time to wrap this up. Dan, how can people find you? Uh I'm at
0: 13Finger FX uh, on both Twitter and Instagram. Not been doing a lot on Instagram recently, but lots on Twitter. Um yeah, come and shout at me.
1: Cool. And uh I'm on Instagram, Sam Ashers23. Um, you can also find me on Channel Hex's YouTube channel where I have a little series uh, called Obscure Rama, where I kind of analyze films um, and kind of make connections to films they may have influenced and they kind of relevant to today's society or whatever I decide to waffle about um, in, in each individual episode. The most recent one was Dark Star, um, if you go to it you will find a complaint about me in the comments. Don't worry about that it's fine but, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're giving ad you're doing advertising for the people complaining about you on other platforms <laughs>
1: um, well you know it wasn't it wasn't too bad um, it wasn't too bad a thing to say um, as insults go I didn't mind it too much but yeah you know did artists, they call you annoyingly handsome. they did and um, I, I'm, I'm too intelligent and um yes (laughs) all art is political my friend but thank you for listening i genuinely appreciate it and um you know i i i I love you and you're coming from a good place so uh it's it's all good right (laughs) i'm gonna stop talking now before i get myself into more trouble Dig um uh, (laughs) producer mike just ignore everything i just said don't go and check that that comment that i'm talking about you, you don't need to worry about that it's fine i really don't want to get fired good right uh thank you so much for listening and we promise to be more professional next time next time next time bye-bye next time. bye